this week on the podcast, I try to convince my wife to call me Rude Boy. In bed. Welcome to On The Upbeat. I'm Matt. My name is RJ Phoenix, and welcome to another fantastic episode. Yes, we're excited to be here. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. Uh, just just to catch you up, uh, we decided to adopt that kitten that I've been talking about for the last two weeks. So I have a new kitten in my life, and his name is Dr. Dinks. Oh, Dr. Yeah. Dinks. That yeah, sounds... Dr. Truman Dinks. He's a tiny little guy. Where do you come up with these names? All right, okay, okay. So all our cats have, like, you know, a, a formal article. Like, so there was Mr. Pants, and there's Admiral Ramona. And so this one, they're like, ah, oh, he's a doctor. And it's basically because uh, in uh, Mr. Pants' last days, one of his favorite things to do was sit and watch ER all the time with my wife. Uh, and so <laughs> she kind of wanted to name the new cat after... Uh, no, Wiley's character was just John Truman the Third, and that's just far too much. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's John Truman Carter the Third. Sorry. And so I thought Truman—that's a decent cat name. And so we got him. We're like, okay, he's gonna be Doctor Truman. And then he's just so tiny. We just started calling him Dinky and Dinks all the time. And so it became uh, Doctor Truman S. Dinks. <laughs> wow, that is. Uh, elaborate. Why don't you tell? I mean, we've. I, th- I think this is the longest we've gone without introducing that we have guests. Here. I know. I'm the worst. I just. I'm so excited about my kitten. <laughs> Why don't you tell us about who's here? So we have two fantastic guests. We have Jeremy from the band, courtesy of Tim, and we have Shu from the band Mescales. Welcome to the show, everybody. Thank you. Hello. It's great to be here. Awesome. Yeah. I'm uh, very excited that, to have you because uh, you're from the Madison area, correct? Yes. I used to hang out in Madison all the time about 20 years ago before I moved to uh, California. And yeah, I've, uh, I know a lot of the old scene people that you probably don't know at all because they're all done. They're not doing music anymore. They moved out of Madison to Milwaukee. Um, but no, Madison is a fun, fun town to be in your 20s and at least it was 20 years ago <laughs> so so Shu, i want to ask uh where did the the name Shu come from how did you uh come about to use it it was uh it, it's a shortened version of uh, what used to be my last name which was shoemaker and so when i was welding and working security it just fit easier on the shirts that we had and it just it just stuck it's easy <laughs> to say it's easy to shout out um yeah so we 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 hung on to it oh makes sense it's perfect explanation all right jeremy how did you get your name (laughs) uh well you see my mom wanted to name me jessica and then i was a boy (laughs) so they had to come up with something on the fly oh way it goes did they not did they choose not to know before giving birth to you well it was they they didn't have accurate True. ways yet when I was born, and um, you know the doctor was like adamant that I was going to be a girl. So oh, they, they just didn't wow. consider the possibility. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Okay, so this is a complete tangent, but this conversation right now reminds me of a conversation, an argument I actually did get in with my wife, and it was over the 2009 film Star Trek, you know, the J.J. Abrams remake, that the first one. So in that movie, at the beginning of the movie, spoiler alert, um, uh, Captain James T. Kirk is being born, like, as the, all this action is happening, and it, through the conversation, it's clear that they don't know, um, they don't know like the the sex of the baby, and my wife is like, "Why would they not know? Like it's the future. Of course they can know. Like and I'm like, but just like now, you can choose not to know. You can just like not like that's they. So they chose. Not, they chose. I'm like, she's like, no, no one would do that. I'm like. No, they would. Just like they no, do it now. Seriously, we had a baby Christmas Eve, and we chose not to know, and it drove both of our families absolutely crazy <laughs> that they didn't know whether to buy pink or blue. And we're like, you don't have to buy either of those colors. Just like you can wait until the baby's born because we've got some stuff already. Or like you could buy something that's not like doesn't say princess or prince on it. <laughs> yeah, right. There's a lot of other colors out there. No, there's only two. There's only two. Children only like those two colors. That's it. It's the only option you get. Um, yeah, all right. So we have a lot to talk about. Uh, so enough with these shenanigans. Uh, so we're going to get to ska news, but I do want to bring up something. I guess is kind of ska news is news-ish, but I want to put it before the intro simply because it's about us. Uh, I would like to remind everyone that you can help support the podcast. Uh, we have uh, basically a tip jar on a website. Uh, it, so it's uh, coffee.com. So it's basically ko-fi.com slash on the upbeat. And you can go there and you can help support the podcast and that helps us keep doing what we do. So uh, if you are able, please donate. If you can't, keep supporting the show by listening and telling your friends and rating and reviewing us on wherever you listen to the podcast, wherever they let you rate and review us. That would be great. Now we're going to get to some ska news. Here we go. Rude girls and rude boys too. Grab your friends and listen to what we're telling you. Yes, Ska News, where we tell you about the latest releases or maybe virtual shows that are happening. Ska News, where we hear about it all. So, um, most of you have probably heard of the Ska Festival Supernova. Well, uh, last year they tried; they were trying to do Supernova. Obviously, COVID was happening, and so it went virtual. Well, this year, they're really, really, really hoping to have a live event. Uh, initially, I believe the uh, the date was like June. Yeah, uh, I think in June. Yeah, sometime in June. But they're now officially pushing it back to September seventeenth through the eighteenth. Um, so after talking with experts. Uh, they wanted to let everyone know that they're officially moving the Supernova Festival for 2021 to September 17th through the 19th instead of in June. This will give everyone more time to get vaccinated and will make it possible 
for our international bands to get into the country. Um, so, yeah, so that's like a big change. One of the other things is the Planet Smashers who we're going to be playing. Uh, they're not going to be playing um, anymore. Uh, let's see. I think they give will not be playing. Uh, Bucko Nine is going to be replacing them. Which yes. I love Bucko Nine, but they're not a good replacement for the Planet <laughs> yeah. Smashers. Yeah, I get <laughs> that's that. That's not a one to one. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but it's because I guess the vaccination schedule in Canada is sort of different than what it is. There's a whole bunch of work visa issues, too, usually. Yeah, so they just won't be able to make it out. Um, And uh, yeah, so there's so it's in uh, uh, Virginia Hamptons. And uh, so if you want to go, tickets are. Um, I think tickets for the whole weekend, like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, th- I think they're like 90 bucks, And then I think they're somewhere yeah. around 30 if you just want to pick a day. Uh, yeah, I mean, and if you bought tickets for the 2020 show, they're still being honored for the 2021 yes. show here. I think they're – don't quote us on that. I actually think they're only being honored for Friday. Like No, Friday was added. They originally were oh. going to have a Friday. So they're like – not only do you still get on Saturday, Sunday, but okay. you also get the new extra oh, yeah. day of Scott. Yeah, the wording, yeah, the wording was kind of weird. So, I mean, there's, there's, um, the Slackers are playing Bucko Nine, Pie Tasters, Mustard Plug, Toasters, Bim Scala Bim, uh, Chris Murray, um, you know, uh, let's see, Metascopheles, and uh, let's see, a whole bunch of the Scapones, um. Sammy K and the Fast Four. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, stop the Presses. Um, uh, I know, I don't see it listed here, but I know on Friday, Half Past Two is supposed to be playing. Um, so yeah. check it out. Uh, you can go there. It's basically supernova.com is the website for for it, uh, for tickets. Um, all right. Um, also, let's see. So, uh, a band out here in Orange County, California, I think technically they're from Long Beach, California, uh, the Lost Nauticals, uh, they dropped an EP, um, this past weekend, February 14th, and, uh, it's called Abundance of Caution, and, uh, let's take a listen to the, uh, one of the tracks off of it, uh, as soon as I can bring up the right thing. Get it to the gather vest. I know. Here we go. Uh, This song is called Way Too Soon by Lost Nauticals. saw this band a couple years ago uh almost literally about two years ago now um 
and I've been loving their stuff. They recently only started putting stuff online, so uh, you should definitely check them out. Not only this new EP uh, that uh, has, I think, like five songs on it, uh, they do have a few other singles out, so check them out. Um, they're great. Yeah, I had somehow have missed them. I was not aware of them till this moment. And that was a good song. Thank yeah. you for sharing it, Matt. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the wrong button. All right. So also um, a a new seven inch split between the Scapones and the Detroit Rhythm Crew um, uh, is coming out soon. Uh, the Scapones have a song on it called The Eyes of a Child, but no matter where I looked online on both of their their pages, neither one of them had a date of release. Oh, yeah, a release date, yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is weird. <laughs> no one knows. It just says soon. Uh, um, I do know that uh, uh, Chuz from the band uh, um, Cartoon Violence is also playing keyboards on that track. Yeah, and that's a, it's a single for their new album, um, so I'm excited to hear that whenever it does come out. Yeah, so new things all around. Make sure you check all that out. It'll of course be in show notes. Maybe uh, hopefully by the time I put this out, I'll have a release date for that that last seven inch split, and I'll be able to tell you so you can check it out and get it. All right, um, now it is time to talk to our guests. Yay! Um, so, <laughs> we have sort of a lot to go through, so, um, yeah. starting, Jeremy, why don't, uh, why don't you tell us first how you came to be getting into Ska, like, you know, first show, first album you ever bought, what, uh, what brought you into listening to Ska music? Um, so, I had always, like, kind of known what Ska was, I had teenage cousins in the 90s, and, like, Real Big Fish and Sublime were cassette tapes that my cousin had in his truck. Um, but I didn't really get into it until middle school. Uh, my friend was like, hey, let's go to this coffee shop and see this band play. It ended up being, um, I voted for Kodos. I almost called that. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> and was, um, the, was the coffee shop the Electric Earth? No. Ah, it, missed it. <laughs> uh, I was actually, I was in the Fox Valley, so it was Blue Moon, which later got oh, shut okay. down. Um, but my friend's older brother, like, picked me up and threw me in the pit in the middle of a song. <laughs> and so, like, that that was really, like, my, uh, we'll, we'll call it, like, a baptism by fire there. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and they were also the first Ska CD I bought. Um, they're Not Penis Cream EP, which I still have to this day. <laughs> That's funny. Um, so how did you go from that to being or starting being in courtesy of tim um so i was in a band in high school and that kind of fell apart when we all went to college which seems to be the like motif and um then after graduation i was hanging out with this kid from a uh, comic book shop and he's really into death metal and he's like hey i joined this band i think you'll like it i'm like Tim, what the hell are you talking about? I I don't like metal. He's like, no, they're they're a punk band, but they're adding horns and they want to play some ska. And so it was like this guy, our bass player, 
had found a bunch of people on this company's internal social media <laughs> and was like, hey, you have punk and an instrument listed in your like interests. Like, come join my band. <laughs> and so at one point, literally everybody else in the band except for me worked at this company. Wow. That's funny. <laughs> so <laughs> That's awesome. Shu, why don't you tell us about how you first got into listening to ska and some of your early ska shows or ska albums you got? So I discovered ska in middle school watching uh, Halo Machinima videos on YouTube with my friends. And I heard a snippet of a Real Big Fish song, uh, You Don't Know. And I was like, you know what? You don't. I started uh, getting more into it and looking into ska. Um, so I started out listening to a lot of like third wave, uh, real big fish, you know, mustard plug, um, aquabats. And then like, as I got older and learned more about like, you know, the message of just getting more and more into that side as well. Awesome. Um, my first off and I think actually my first show I ever saw was their 25th anniversary show tour for turn the radio off as well. That was a really good show here in Madison. Awesome. Awesome. How did you end up in, um, uh, oh my gosh, my brain is melting. Why can't I? <laughs> Mescales. How did Mescales. you end up being a member of that band? I should just look at my notes, but yeah. apparently I'm crazy. <laughs> I, I It was really weird. I moved to Madison in 2016, and I didn't know anyone here. I didn't have any like music connections back in Eau Claire. I had a bunch of bands that I played with. And I looked around on Craigslist. I was like, all right, who's looking for a trombone player right now? And I found a ska band. I was like, hell yeah, I've never played in a ska band before. First time, let's do it. And I reached out, didn't hear back for a couple of days. And I went back to double check the Craigslist ad. I was like, is this, that's right. They were looking for a trombone player. They were looking for a trumpet player at the time. Um, I still heard back from Salvador though. And I, they, they still took me in. And so I'm, I've stayed with them since then. Awesome. Nice. That's awesome. Um, Tim, what do you do in Tim? <laughs> Jeremy. Oh my gosh, my brain is like everywhere. So many names. <laughs> Jeremy, what do you do in courtesy of Tim? See where I was going there? See why Tim was in my brain? <laughs> I, I see. I get you. I see it. Um, so I play guitar and sing, and I handle a lot of the like yucky business stuff. Um so but yeah, mostly and it's Joshua and I split the lead vocal. So on most songs, you'll hear me singing either the verse or the chorus and him singing the other one. Yeah. So what? how did this EP, and either one of you can answer this or add to it, how did this EP come together? Like, how did this whole thing start? Because I, I think I remember reading somewhere that it's been in the works for like a while. So how did it come together? I'll let... Jeremy take the most of this one. Um, I just played trombone. They just came up to me and said, hey, we're going to record these songs. We're doing this one by courtesy of Tim. And I was like, okay, let's do it. <laughs> um, so actually, the first time we played with Mescales back in like 2017, Salvador and I were like, we should do a split. And then, you know, we talked about it every time we played together, which is fairly frequently, but we never really got around to like sorting out the details and then with COVID, it was like, okay, let's hammer this out and try to, like, actually do something. Um, and it just worked out in August that we both had um, a song that we were ready to go. And 
uh, record. And then uh, we booked the studio time. And like the week before, Salvador was like, hey, we've got a brand new song we're going to do instead. Let's let's go for it. Uh, and it turned out fantastic. Awesome. So you guys recorded in the same studio? Yeah, we recorded in the same studio, um, which is a guy I went to high school with, um, started his own studio and does fantastic work. Um, and so we all just went up there on a weekend and like rotated in and out with our masks so that we were right. being as, as conscious as possible of COVID and yeah. Shoo. What was the recording process like for you? I mean, I know you kind of said you just showed up and did what they told you, but, uh, but I, I have a feeling you probably had some more opinions on things. Yeah, it was it was a much different experience than when uh, Miss Cowles recorded our demo album a couple of years ago. Um, you know, back then we just we were all able to pile into the studio. Everyone played together, so we could hear real time what was happening. Yeah. Whereas this time it was very much you know it was just a couple of us at a time, everyone distanced, one person in the studio recording, and everyone else just like doing something else not in the studio. You know, not in the booth, I should say. Um, and so it was really different getting the song ready, you know, having to be really distanced during that process and then actually recording and not being able to be there with everyone to record. It, it was a lot different than I've, uh, than I've experienced in the past. Yeah. Um, do you, I don't know. Do you like one versus the other? I mean, do you sort of prefer like just to do the part on your own and not having, you know, feel like eyes are watching you or do you prefer having <laughs> other people's input? I, I love having everyone there with me, you know, and, it, and it's not just like getting, being able to get the input. It's the energy of having everyone there to enjoy and make that music together. You know, it, it's it's that real good feeling of everyone's there with that one purpose of making that music sound good. Yeah. yeah. Jeremy, how was the process for you um, being sort of different than how, how you've recorded music before? Well, the the most different thing for for us because we had done kind of the layering everything individually before um but the most different thing was in the booth there was only one other person Mm -hmm. um and normally we've got a a handful of people so when we're like trying to figure out a harmony or like if there's something if like the guitar part sounds kind of funky like we can bounce it off that the other people in the booth or in the recording what's uh, the control room. That's what it's called. <laughs> uh, we can bounce it off the other people in the control room and like, just make sure that it's like not where like, sometimes I'll get kind of nitpicky about notes where it's like, oh, I didn't quite get the note I was going for, but like, you know, w- one of the other guys will point out, they're like, no, that sounded awesome. Like, leave it in there. That's really good tension. And like, not having that as much like we did have one other person in the booth but not in the same way we normally do right yeah yeah i can see how it might just be sort of just a different creative process um yeah so i was actually going to mention this earlier but i do still want to mention it um you know this is the first time we've had uh jeremy or anyone from courtesy of tim on the podcast and you know also Muscali's uh, as well, but uh, your courtesy of Tim was like the first band we ever 
world premiered on this podcast. I don't want to like leave that history out <laughs> of this conversation. So back in uh, gosh, it, the late December of like 2019, before uh, I was even around. Yeah, wow. it was it was with Aaron. So I forget. Uh, it was episode. I wrote it down here. Episode 13. We first world premiered courtesy of Tim's. Uh, Here's the thing, Winnie. And uh, that was so courtesy of Tim and Jeremy have been big supporters of this podcast uh, since since pretty much day one. Uh, I'm pretty sure, you know, your band was the first one to like reach out and like, like try to get their music on the podcast. I remember we had a fan, like a fan emailing us, but that was just a casual listener. But I think you guys were the first one. And ever since then, we've been like, yes, just do this more. Because we we miss things so often. You know, um, even still, even when I get stuff, I some it, sometimes it slips between the cracks. Usually I get back to it. I put hours aside to find bands for this show and for 23 Minutes of Scott. And I still miss stuff constantly. Yeah, yeah. So I do want to mention that history. But I do kind of want to ask you, like, Jeremy... Back then, if you can remember, like, what was it like trying to, like, just basically cold email someone and say, hey, we got a song. Sing my song. <laughs> Play my oh, song. It is It is still every bit as awful as it was then. <laughs> um, but, like, also, you know, it's it's part of the, when you're in a band and you want people to listen to your music, like, you just, you have to send those emails and yeah. like when I think it's easier for me to send those when our songs have like a message behind them. Sure. And yeah. so with like, here's the thing, Winnie and talking about mental health. And then this one talking about like structural racism, um, like it just, it made it a lot easier to send those cold emails. Yeah. Yeah. Shoo. I want to, I know I didn't put this on the list of things to ask, but like, do you I I always wonder this about other people like I'm not super comfortable like self-promoting like like trying to convince people to listen to my podcast or You're better um, at it than I am. <laughs> well like okay like so like on Instagram and stuff I'm fine because there's not a person who's going to reject me. You know what I mean? Like there's like there's no there's no emotion attached to it. It's just I send something out. I put a hashtag. If if that attracts someone, that's that's it's not it's not as like like I'll be nervous when shows happen and I'm like passing out flyers or something to like or or like stickers sure. to like listen to the podcast. That'll be more like the rejection because then you see their their immediate reaction or how much they don't really want to be talking to you. You know what I mean? Like you're somehow now interrupting sure. them. But uh, you know, what what is that like for you trying to uh you know, promote your band or be out there? How does that feel for you? Honestly, I, I've been pretty lucky uh to work in places where the folks that I see coming through are pretty tapped into the music scene. Um I used to work at a, a liquor store that's pretty well known in Madison, being one of the only ones open till midnight. Um, and so I, w- I would get all the musicians coming through after rehearsal, and that's all we would talk about was the music stuff. 
Um, I, I had uh, the, the lead guitarist for Killdozer specifically. He, he would come through a lot um, wow. and talk about stuff. And so it was really easy to just like segue from talking about the music we liked into, hey, by the way, I play in a ska band in Madison. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And, and it was usually more the ska word that turned people off than the, hey, I play in a band part. <laughs> Um, but, but, but if you pad that with, oh no, it's okay. We play more punk kind of ska, then, then they're like, they come back to you. Um, but, but, it, but it is kind of harrowing at shows, you know, getting off stage and then going out and talking to the people who just listened to you and being like, Hey, here's where to listen to more of us. Yeah. It's, it's an experience and I'm never quite sure how to approach it. Yeah. Same. All right. So let, let's get to, uh, listening to, um, so on, well, so there's four tracks on the EP, correct? Uh, yes. Two of them are originals by the bands themselves, and then each of you covering the other person's, one of the other person's song. So we're going to take a listen listen to the two originals. Uh, so first up, we're going to listen to uh, American Tragedy. Um, um, wait, that is the Travesty. Name. Travesty. My gosh. Well, okay. So I'm going to say this is not entirely my fault because You're off your game today, man. I am off my game and I should have written it down. But technically on what I have in front of me it had a different title. <laughs> so we're lucky. Oh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> so we're lucky I got one word right. So American Travesty. <laughs> Uh, we're going to take a listen to that song. Wow, people, this is not the episode to send out to like, hey, come on my podcast, listen to me be professional. <laughs> Check it I, out. I forgot a band name, got a song name wrong. Okay, American Tra- Travesty by Courtesy of Tim. Uh, we'll take a listen and then we will come back and talk about that song. A tree and news behind a badge. A sheep disguised from memory. 
Awesome. Yay. Good that song. Awesome. So Jeremy, uh, tell us about how this song came together. Um, so it was really a, a big effort from our flugelhorn player, uh, Rick, who, uh, you know, after the murder of George Floyd was feeling a lot of different things about how white America kind of handles our relationship with policing. Um, and he kind of, he, wanted to really issue a challenge to us to, you know, consider what that looks like, especially in marginalized communities where things are, you know, applied just so much more unfairly. Um, and in doing that, like, you know, one of the things that we've been pushing with some of our Facebook presence is like when there's a local um, thing that, uh, policy that you can support like police oversight boards which is being implemented in Madison or like uh, there's a pilot program for having like mental health responders versus police for mental health calls um, and so like that was really important for us to push um, and so this this song was really just a way for us to like put that feeling um, of like how can we better support this community um, into words and action. Yeah. Yeah. So I forgot to talk about what, what's the title of the EP? Um, so it's, it's called Unidos Vencemos Divided We Fall, um, which translates to United We Overcome um, and Divided okay. We Fall. Right. Awesome. So. Awesome. And the full EP comes out this Friday, um, the 19th, on all streaming services, correct? Yeah, it'll be on all the streaming services and then on Bandcamp. And we're trying to get a vinyl release together. Nice. Um, so, But it, it's right now looking like a five-month lead time. Yeah. So yeah. not sure when that's going to come out, but we're, we're working on it. Yeah, it's, everyone has hit that wall with vinyls, like... You know, um, I mean, I don't think even though Five Iron Frenzy did a Kickstarter in like November, I'm not getting my my vinyl until May, <laughs> probably. So everyone's hitting that wall. Yeah. And that's Andrew from Ra Flying Raccoon Suit actually has been very helpful in like getting us um, some resources for who to look at for that, too. Awesome. Nice. Awesome. So, Shu, what can you tell us about uh, Mascali's track on the album? Yeah, Escapard. It's um, it, it came together kind of like how all other Mascali songs come together, where Salvador comes into the studio with his guitar and says, hey, let's make a song that sounds like this. And then he'll just play a riff and then play <laughs> how he's going to make it sound and go, all right, let's see how it sounds. And then we all just kind of build on it and... <laughs> It, it, we're really lucky. I'm really fortunate to play with a group of musicians who have such a great musical sense 
that none of our music is written down. You won't find a single note of Mescala's music anywhere because we all just play what sounds right to us and then we work on it from there. And so that's how Escaparo came together. It was uh, Salvador came together and was like, I have lyrics, I have a guitar part, let's see what we can build. And that's and this is what we came up with. Awesome. Well, let's take a, look, a listen and then we'll talk more about it. Awesome. Hell yeah. I love that. A lot of that was a ride. I like that. Yeah. Has a lot of starting, stopping, slowing, fast. Um Yeah. We we, we talk about that a lot in Mescales. Um if you listen to our music, you'll notice there are a lot of changes like stylistically we'll go from like punk to reggae to ska and then back to punk very abruptly. Um <laughs> and it's it, it's fun to work with that and try to get those transitions smooth. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, 
what can you tell us about what the lyrics are about in this song? Yeah, uh, the lyrics in the song are actually, I feel, super relatable given um, how things have been going in the world, like with quarantine, with COVID, and with um, all the unrest in the U.S. over the last couple of years. Um, it, this song is very much about waking up and every day just living with everything that's going on around you and knowing that tomorrow is going to be the same, yesterday was the same, and just having the urge to get out of it just to escape from this constant you know reality of all this darkness and bullshit that's around us yeah it's it's a song about wanting to give back with your friends and just make music and live and be happy the the lyrics say i want to scream it's i want to scream and be angry at the same time be with my friends and scream and be happy it's 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 a message i think a lot of folks can connect with yeah yeah and i i think the music connects with those lyrics too just sort of like the sort of up and down of it like just the chaos and then smooth and then you know that 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 works a, a lot so <clears throat> i kind of find this interesting and maybe i'm stupid for finding this interesting um and i kind of want to ask you guys about um the ska scene uh in wisconsin and in madison wisconsin you know you have an English-speaking band and a Spanish-speaking band on an EP together. Obviously, from just hearing the history of these two bands, it seems like you've played several shows together. Is that a common thing to see in your ska scene? Um, yeah, I, I gotta say it's it's becoming a lot more common. Um, Madison, you know, we, we have Mescales, courtesy of Tim um no comprendo uh there's one i'm leaving out and i feel bad about it i know jeremy will have it for me um but you go to like when the toasters roll through about every other year you'll see at least two of us opening for them and it's usually one mainly english band and one mainly spanish-speaking band um which really speaks to madison's diversity as a community and as a culture just here in madison you know there's a lot of diversity and we get bands, you know, coming up from Chicago as well. Um, I mentioned No Comprendo. They're down from Screw City, Rockford, Illinois. Um, and so we get to play with a lot of cool bands from over in Milwaukee and Chicago as well. We're, we're really lucky here in Madison. Awesome. Jeremy, what do yeah. you... Yeah. Well, I was going to say, the, the band that uh, she was leaving out is something to do. Um, Damn it. <laughs> yeah, but um, it's it's interesting especially now because um you know one of the venues that hosted us a lot the frequency uh shut down just you know rent went up and they couldn't keep it open anymore um and then a lot of the like dive bars that we played at kind of stopped booking our style of music and so right now it's kind of like well not right now but pre-covid and most likely post-covid there's going to be like the Wisco, which is a fun dive bar that hosts a lot of shows. And like, otherwise we're working with um, this company called Frank Productions and playing like a 400 cap room, mm. um, which is tough to do with a couple of ska bands unless you can get, you know, I mean, like Punk Fest, we had eight bands on the bill, I think, and it sold out. But like when the toasters rolled through, it was... I think we got to like 150 people, maybe 200 people, which was pretty good. But 
like just the lack of like 150 cap room or 100 cap room has been kind of tough on us. Yeah. Yeah. I can see. Overall, yeah, those kind of in between areas, yeah. you know. Yeah. Overall, what does the ska scene feel like uh, in Madison? You know, does it feel like a tight knit? Does it feel disjointed? Um, somewhere in the middle of all that. Um, I'd say we're pretty tight knit most of the time. Uh, we all know each other. We all show up to support each other. Like, <laughs> even if we're not playing, like if there's a ska show, I'm there. So, right. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I would agree with that. You pretty much know who's going to be at the shows. It's, it's fun joining ska groups on Facebook and then seeing everyone from every other ska group <laughs> who you've also played with before is yeah. in the same groups. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. That's good. I, I like to see, um, cause I'm not sure, you know, if even 20 years ago you would have seen, an EP like this, you know, um, you know, so I think it's good that there are sort of, uh, we're mixing it up and, and showing what unity looks like. Um, so, you know, an album having something for everyone to connect with and, and stuff. So that's, that's good. Um, yeah. All right. So we have, a. a a thing on our podcast where we always like to have a group discussion with our guests. So this week we wanted to talk about, and we feel like we've talked about this at least once before. Um, Parts of it. Yeah. We've hinted towards this a few times. Yeah. But now we're going to take the, the full dive in. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the question is how long can a ska band go not releasing a ska song before we stop calling it a ska band? So, so let's think of the examples of this question. It would be like Smash Mouth, right? No, just stop right there. That's just no. no what? No. <laughs> oh, so, okay. So no doubt would be a better example. No doubt is a better example. The English beat is a good example. Um, uh, a band like Madness, who who started off as a ska band, turned into a pop band for much of their career before they they went on break. And then they came back as a ska band. like So it's just like, do I call those middle years where they actually had more success uh, commercially? You know, were they a ska band then? Because those songs weren't ska songs and they were making more money off of them. Like, but then they came back ev- very much a ska band. Um, Aquabats. Like, sure. You know, they, they, they released uh, one ska song on charge and then it wasn't until their most recent album, like, what, 15 years later that they had two more ska songs on after <laughs> releasing a few albums in between. Uh, and we still always call them a ska band, but like they only had like, you know, a handful of ska songs in the last 20 years, really. Yeah. Like, what's our tipping point? What do you think? I'm putting shoe on the spot. What do you think, shoe? <laughs> uh oh. RJ's called you out. <laughs> I say always a scumbag. It's a mindset as well as a genre. And if that means the Gwen Stefani God, then so be it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, I don't know if I entirely agree, but I don't know if I entirely disagree either. I think yeah. I think there is a more fluid understanding of what it means to be a ska band. 
Uh, yeah. I think yes, that... Uh... <laughs> well, okay, I guess... No, I, I'll, I'll, def I'll definitely concede. There there are many considerations for what ska <laughs> music would be. Ska culture, I feel, encompasses much more than just a genre of music. Well, that I will 100% agree with. Well, yeah, because that sort of... It has no beat. Right. Ska music has a beat. Right, so, like, that is another question. So, like, you know... When we talk, when someone's like, obviously we're all tired of someone like finding some checkered board thing and going, is this ska? But like, you know, if, if someone finds a, a public figure who's doing something, we think the ska scene would, uh, you know, love as far as like a, a policy they're pushing or, a or something good, you know, uh, a creative charity that we'd all get behind. We would look at that and call that ska, even though it's not a form of music we would just say that that upholds the value of but i just but mostly we're focused on the music but i yeah. i do think like so like those questions are fine of like is this policy ska whatever um and then but i think i do i don't know i i still would qualify smash mouth as being one of those bands that i would argue stop like they're not part of the ska conversation when it comes to like like when we, we've talked about before when someone's like what when we would ask what's your favorite ska punk album and someone goes you know that first you know smash mouth record i go no because everything no, that's is still a valid answer matt but no it's, it's just not. not valid to say they're your favorite ska punk band i guess they, i i guess if just... yeah if that's if yes if the question is the album is Scott Punk. Smash Mouth is, is not. not. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I guess that's that's the divide. I guess you could break it down. But then you're like, but you're talking about the more career spanning. Yeah, like I, I think English Beat is a is a real good example. I, I brought Madness up only because that's kind of an interesting one because they went back to Scott after years of playing a, a pop. Um, but the English Beat, like they had, a, you know, the first couple singles on on Two Tone. And as they went, I mean, they just they started incorporating like so much. Uh, their their tears of the clown, tears of a clown cover. That's not really so much a ska song. Mirror in the bathroom, like that's more of a new wave song than a yeah. ska song. Yeah. And that was probably their breakout hit. And as they moved on, like they just kept bringing more and more in. And there wasn't that like ska that was kind of on that first album, early singles. And yet everybody still talks about the beat, like this great ska band. And I'm like. Well, you know, if you look at it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think they weren't ska in the strictest sense. But, like, there's still that influence there, which is, I think, if you start as a ska band and you don't lose that ska influence, like, even some of the Aquabats, even some of their, like, new wavy stuff with the keyboards, like, I would argue that some of that has that ska influence that you can, like... Oh, this is where we're gonna start to disagree. <laughs> I mean, we can we can disagree and still be friends. It's not music. Oh, hell yeah! <laughs> That's the great thing about the Scott culture, which you brought up earlier. <laughs> but but I really like even I'm thinking about like bands we've played with. Like um, there's this band Must Build Jacuzzi that I think is from your neck of the woods originally. Uh, they are from the very small town outside of Peoria that I grew up in just like 20 <laughs> years after I did when I met Bill online. He was like, oh, I'm from Peoria. I was like, I grew up in Peoria. He's like, well, actually, I'm from Chillicothe. I was like, what the hell are you talking <laughs> about, Bill? 
<laughs> yeah, I've been a fan of them. I uh, once got them to play a show when I was going to be in town to see my cousin's band. My cousin was like, and my because of my brother's band, they're like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna play, and you're gonna be in town. I was like, put must build jacuzzi on that bill because I want to see them. So yeah. yeah, 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 big fan of them. Okay, go on. <laughs> so so they do a lot of like that hardcore like like yeah. like uh crabcore kind of stuff with like weird tunings and 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 they always have like that Scott influence, but they've got whole songs where it's just hardcore and horns. Yeah. So, but they're still ska band. I mean, even the best of the worst who have like that album coming out, oh, like so heavy core. Yeah. Or yeah. Which, and, and I'm like, yeah, that's all awesome. I love it. Like, but they have that little bit of Scott influence. I mean, they have full on ska parts. Yeah. But like, I think that Scott influence and the fact that they like honor that scene kind of qualifies them a little bit as a ska band, not necessarily like full on like checkerboard cred, but yeah, you know, <laughs> uh, the, the only part of your argument that I was actually uh, uh, going to jokingly like argue with you is when you start to talk about the, the synth use by the Aquabats. And I hear that and I just hear Devo. I don't hear, that ska anymore i hear just that like that devo side of new wave not like the special side of new wave when i hear that and and see i i I gotta be honest i never listened to devo and that's uh it's cool (laughs) you're not a 40 year old man yet (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah Um, so like i kind of think that so where this actually started for RJ and I, uh, it well maybe I won't even say RJ because, but when we were trying to figure out the topic for this week, I phrased the question one way and RJ phrased it the current way that we kind of are basically talking about. But part of because I wanted to talk about madness, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> so like, but for me, it was actually some newer bands that are coming up that I see people are like trying to push as ska, and they're more like. They have, like, they'll put like out, like, a five-song EP, and they've got, like, one or two ska song, like, that has, like, it's mostly electric music, but it has, like, a ska riff in, like, in the middle or something, and then it's like, this is ska, or this band is ska, and I'm like, I mean, See, that... this is, it looks like Shu has something they want to say. <laughs> I am... So upset because I know exactly what you're talking about. I had someone try to argue with me that 100 Gex is a ska band. That, that's who I'm talking about. <laughs> I, I, yes, I, I, I was hoping this is where we're going because that makes me so upset. And it's like, Crazy yes, it's ska adjacent. There are minimal ska features in that song. And it, everyone wants to label them a ska band immediately, and I will have none of it. Thank you. Yeah. The thing about Stupid Horse, which is probably the most ska song on that album, is that song is a total joke that I wouldn't let the Aquabats get away with. You know, so I'm definitely not going to let these these other uh, people do. Like, that's just like... And, and the thing is, it's not... I have a really strict definition of ska, which is still very loose. It's like something hitting the ands for the, you know, the upbeat and your drum beats on the two and the four. That's really all I care about for it to be a ska song. It doesn't have to be live instruments. It it can be any instruments hitting those, uh, those upbeats. But 
like sometimes like this is a ska song uh, uh other electronic artists and they just have like the guitar doing the upstrokes and they're like main snare beat is all over the place and i'm like i like it because i like kind of that kind of music like one of my favorite my favorite band of all times is totally like electronic synth uh, everything but like you know, if you're not doing the two and the four, that's not ska, no matter how many upstrokes you have on that guitar. And it, it's almost frustrating to kind of tell uh, artists like that. It's like, I, I actually enjoy your music, but never in a million years would I call it a ska song from a ska band. <laughs> and yet here we are with that 100 Gex album being like the number one Bandcamp selling album under the ska title, which much like you, infuriates me. <laughs> yeah, so that's sort of what I saw I, this I, week, I, and I was like, um, I'll admit it's a ska song, but I'm not calling them a ska band. I don't care what you do. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I, nothing against 100 Gex. I enjoy listening to the sounds they put out. Yeah. Stupid Horse might be the direction that Fourth Wave takes us, but it is not there, and it is not make them a ska band by any means. Oh, the other cool thing thing I saw, and I don't remember what what the real discussion is, but I saw us quoted, well, well, an artist that was on our show. So someone quoted uh, Chris DeMakes from Lesson Jake when he was on our podcast saying that like electronic pop music would probably be the thing where fourth wave goes for a ska. And it was in, def- I think it was in defense of, of the stuff we're talking about. And I'm just like, um, he was, ta- he's talking about like the whole album sounding like that. Not one song yeah. for a moment. I th- right. I think, I, we're, uh, my, my pick of the week, I think is going to be more along maybe what he was thinking. Yes, uh, Exactly. Uh huh. I, I think he's thinking more like maybe like what bomb the indus- uh, music industry could have been if they went in a more pop direction. I think right. that's what he was thinking. Because the person not- that, who you, the person you picked, all of their ska songs are ska, every single one of them. Yeah, yeah, she does a great job. <laughs> yeah, so it's like that's that's what it means. Like it'd be like saying that uh, Bruno Mars is a is a ska artist. Like, no, he kind of did one song one time that had a ska rhythm to it. That's it. That's the end of the discussion. He's not when like... When he got that ska band to play it with him on the Today Show. Yes, oh, that, man. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. <laughs> he does wear the hat, though. Yeah. Well, I mean, if he got the hat. <laughs> so it's like, I mean, I... Ska? <laughs> so it's like, I'm not, like RJ said, I'm not against the the electronic part of it. It's just not they're not doing more than one or two songs as ska artists they're not trying to be a ska band um even if it you know I, and so it's not a discounting of the lec- the synth or the electric it's that it's not on that ska rhythm you know that ska okay. beat it's not that so i'm i'm going to flip rj's question oh oh how many songs does a band have to release that are ska before they're a ska band? <laughs> okay. Is there a minimum number? Are, I, okay, first of all, are we talking a song that's ska the whole way through? Or, or can we count songs that only have like the chorus be a ska? I mean, that that's a great question. <laughs> I, on, honestly, I find this down, Jeremy. <laughs> all, all right, so let's let's start with it's got to be ska the whole way through. How many do they have to release before they're a ska band? 
Oh, that's a hard one. Because uh, so so here I look at one of my my all time favorite ska bands, which is uh, the Slackers. And if you listen to their albums, there might be maybe three or four ska songs on there. You're gonna get reggae songs. You're gonna get rock steady songs. You're gonna get straight up garage rock songs in the last album. I still call them a ska band though. You know, but because if you go see them live, that's pretty much all they play is their their ska stuff. But they're they're really stretching the bounds on their albums. Um, so I I don't know. I think if you're gonna put checkerboard patterns on your album art anywhere, it's got every song except for maybe one or two has to have a ska beat in it. <laughs> so okay, fair. I'd, yeah, I'd agree with that. <laughs> yeah, I would say that it's just got to be a heavy ska influence throughout your career to just say, and and I think RJ, you mentioned this on another episode we were talking about something similar. You were like, and they yeah, kind of have to intentionally say they're a ska band at some point. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, there's there's a big argument about one band in particular, um, if they're ska or not. Yeah, there we go. Uh, and and. Uh, People don't like it when I bring up the fact that the lead singer-songwriter said that they are not a ska band. And I'm just like, that's cool. I'm not saying you can't like them. I like them. (laughs) But, you know, it's just one of those things. Um, And they, too, have not put out a ska song in a long time. But they used to. If you're wondering what RJ is talking about... Just... Yes, you all know. He's talking about about. Streetlight Manifesto. Last 10 years, you know exactly what we're talking about. I was thinking about bringing up Streetlight earlier, but then I remember that it's been explicitly stated that they're not Ska anymore. So I I was like, well, it's not worth it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that that is sort of the nail in that coffin. Like, like, no, no, I think they get to define who they are, right? As a band. And if they say no, then end of discussion but it's also at the same time i'm fine if ska fans consider them ska adjacent yeah so it's going back to what uh she said earlier i definitely think they're a hundred percent part of the ska culture like no matter what yeah yeah it's so difficult to just now like it's just for me it's like you can't really as much as no doubt really hasn't put out a ska song since a couple of parts on tragic kingdom um, they're still so, you know, embedded into the ska culture and, you know, zeitgeist that you can't really remove them. Um, you know, but, you know, are they a ska band? Eh, nope. <laughs> I mean, I mean, even they have said, well, we're not really ska, we play all these things. But it's also, but like, you talk about the slackers, like, but like, things like reggae and rocksteady, all came out Those of Scott related. Yeah. yeah. They're all very related. So you're kind of okay. Like just saying that's a Scott band. Cause otherwise we're just going to be here forever. Well, are uh, when like a Scott punk band, like less than Jake and, and Chris even said that they're not a Scott band when we talked to him too. Yeah. But if you know, you're, they're doing that Scott mixed, uh, pop punks thing. And if they do like a half the album with no Scott, but just pop punk with horns, Hey, I'm still fine with calling you a Scott band, buddy. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, I mean, and, uh, that- I was going to say, that's a discussion we have in courtesy of Tim all the time. Like, because our drummer doesn't listen to ska hardly at all. Like, his favorite <laughs> ska band is Razaka. So, to make Curly feel better, I was listening a couple weeks ago. He's like, I didn't know what ska was. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, Taylor doesn't really listen to ska either. Uh, he comes from, like, Prague. Um, okay. 
and like Jake and I both listen to a lot of like weird atmospheric like music like explosions in the sky and that kind of stuff so it's like we bring in all these weird influences sometimes but then also like we write straight up punk songs with horns and like a lot of our first songs were like very cookie cutter ska songs yeah so yeah there's there's something there's only so much you can also push and pull the ska beat uh we we were talking to coolidge last week on the show um, but when they were in Johnny Sacco, I remember talking to Chris one time and they started straying away from like making all their songs ska songs. And he said, there just comes a time when you can't hammer the ska beat into everything you're writing. Yeah. And I, I was just like, I thought about that. It's like, yeah, it, you might actually do a detriment to the song if you're too <laughs> busy trying to force it into like, no, no, the kids want a ska song. I better make this a ska song. Like, as a fan of Scott, I would rather you not do that. If you have a song that's being born with you and your pals and your band, and you're like, oh, this doesn't quite fit, do it. Just do it. Yeah. Don't worry about it being a Scott song. I, I'd rather there be more good music than Scott music, but I like it when it's Scott music. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> right. I'll, I'll say that was kind of part of the discussion when we were doing Escapar was if we should have more Scott influences in it. But the, the answer we definitely came back to was that would change the tone of the song and make it something different. And so we had to go more of the rock direction with some horns in it. Yeah, yeah. Man, I like Rocket from the Crypt. They're one of my favorites, too. That's just a straight-up rock band with a hell of a horn section. I don't even flirt with Ska. They're rad as hell. All right, so I I think we've settled the answer. It was in there somewhere with all we discussed. So, uh, listeners, it's up to you to sort through all that we said and find a conclusion. Um, Because I'm not going to wrap it up for you. Um, <laughs> um I, you know somebody put it put it in a thesis statement on like the facebook post about this episode so that we can like review it and see if we agree see if it, that's a good good suggestion also i think maybe a different episode we need to discuss bands that no one has ever disagreed about them being a ska band like <laughs> i think we need to talk about those um, <laughs> yeah, we need to talk about why only ska and metal bands put their genre in their name. We need to talk about that one day. That's <laughs> sure, sure. Rap artists, rap and hip hop artists don't put like rap puns, hip hop puns in their their names. That is true. They they left that to the white occult. Uh, cultural appropriation people trying to make (laughs) all right so before we head out of course we're going to do ska picks of the week um hold on sorry i gotta bring those up um shoo why don't you tell us about your ska pick why you picked it what do you like about the song I mean, my, my ska pick, it, it's classic, uh, it's classic 90s ska funk. It's, it's mustard plugs on and on. I mean, and especially right now, it, it, it has similar themes to Escapar, where just shit's always going to be the same right now. And we just got to deal with it and sing anyway. And so that's, that, that was kind of the tone of my pick. All right, let's check it out. Mustard plug on and on. By now, you think it's over. Countdown, it's getting colder.
Such a good song. Such a good song. So, RJ, guess what I'm realizing we didn't do? Uh, what what did we not do, Matthew? Uh, in, in the pre-show before we started recording. Oh, what's that? <laughs> uh, ask Jeremy what a scopic is. <laughs> <laughs> I totally forgot. Hey, Jeremy, uh, why don't you... Give us a Scott pick of what you'd like to add to our Scottify playlist, uh, Scott favorites. Uh, so my pick would be um, Can't Eat Money by Space Monkey Mafia out of Minneapolis. And the reason I'm picking that song is because it's kind of like a soulful party song that has like a really like it's it's that happy music, depressing lyrics. Mm-hmm. Um and also, Dante has the voice of an angel. So, <laughs> okay. Well, I have it up right now, and let's take a listen. Foundation underpaid and working overtime. Well, the temperatures are rising, seas overflowing, suffocating on a plastic bag. Yeah. And it seems we all can see where this disease of greed is going. When midnight strikes, you can't turn back. When the last tree is cut down, last fish pulled from the water, we'll finally realize. Can't eat money. You can't eat money. I know some toddlers who would disagree that you can't eat money. Um, uh, I think this person is wrong and has never had a child. You know... <laughs> Um, I don't know what it is. Maybe it is like the actual song itself, but the song has a very swing vibe to it. Yeah. I love it. All right. Um, so my Scott pick, which I did tell myself before we started. Um, <laughs> um, and by the way, I would like to applaud myself for how smooth that transition went, that I didn't have to pause the entire show just to... Matt, Matt, look up this up. You're ruining it, Matt. You're ruining it. Just keep going. Don't don't call attention to it. Don't tell me what to do. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. You're right. My wife will. Pull, Why'd you bring it up? And then she'll be like, Why'd you bring up me bringing it up? And move on, Matt. Here we go. Here is my Scott pick. And look, I'm sorry. I probably a few weeks ago I picked a. A song off the this band's album that had just came out, but I love this album so much. And if you're not listening to it, uh, go to hell. Um, just kidding, <laughs> just kidding, just kidding, but not really. Just Matt is damning me to hell. 
Um, no, uh, if you're not listening to it, there's something wrong with you. Um, and uh, so this is uh, this is Five Iron Frenzy with uh, Homelessly Devoted to You. Mostly because it's so different from the rest of the record. The rest of the record is very lyrically angry, and this song is so like happy and hopeful. And it's just about like going on a, a all day adventure with his kids, and you know that's the thing he really loves to do most. So um, <clears throat> I love this song, and uh, yeah, I just love how bouncy it is and hopeful. <laughs> um, and and I like that he mentions like. KRS-One, uh, who's a, a pretty good rapper, hip-hop artist. All right, so, RJ, tell us about your Scott pick. My Scott pick is by uh, a, an artist out of Denver. She goes by the name Tape Girl. She has put out some fun songs. It's pretty much all her. She calls her genre bedroom ska punk or laptop ska punk. Um, she just put out a song about... Uh, being uh, stuck in a snowstorm and trying to uh, dig your way out of it. And as I'm seeing posts from my friends all across the country, that's become a major concern for people even as far down south as Texas. So this is Tape Girl with Shoveling Myself Out. And uh, the intro is a little bit long, so we're going to jump about 35 seconds into the song. So here we go. good song i know right i i feel like uh she put out a couple of releases i slept on them finally picked one up said this is effing great uh i put it on an episode of 23 minutes of scott and then i found out later she had planned just to keep that up temporarily on Bandcamp, 
and she was going to take it down. <laughs> and because I featured it, she decided to leave it up. And she even like updated like the band camp to say that. And I'm like, holy shit, my show's not supposed to have an effect on anybody <laughs> like that. It's just supposed to lead people to cool music. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so now I keep tabs on the music she makes. And that song just came out uh, just a few days ago. And right. uh, it became a quick favorite for me. Yeah. It is sort of weird when we see our shows um, affecting the ska culture and or you just know. referenced at all. I yeah. mean, I'm just this guy who sits in an apartment <laughs> and then a condo and now a house in California doing 23 minutes of ska on Wednesday night from 9 p.m. until it's done and I fall asleep like <laughs> Right, yeah. I just want people to listen to cool new ska. That's all I want to do. <laughs> and that's all I can do is like make like mini mixtapes and like fire them off on the internet to people. <laughs> awesome. Well, I cannot tell you how excited I was when I found out that there was a ska podcast being made. I, I love the shit you guys are doing. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. Thank you, Shu. <laughs> and, and, and don't look around on the internet. We're definitely the only one. Don't don't look for yeah. any other Scott Just podcasts. On the upbeat in twenty three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, we appreciate both of you for hanging out with us tonight. It was a good chat. Thank you for doing this. We appreciate it. And uh where can Jeremy, where can people get the um the the split when it drops this Friday? Um, so you can get it through the courtesy of Tim Bandcamp at the moment. I'm trying to figure out how to get it to upload on both. And uh, it'll be on Spotify, Apple Music. Uh, it used to be Google Play. Now I think it's YouTube Music. It's going to be everywhere. Awesome. Very cool. Awesome. Uh, and, of course, we'll put all the information uh, at the bottom of in the podcast show notes. So make sure you check it out there. And uh, listeners, thanks for listening. And until next week. Keep listening to Sky. You've been listening to On the Upbeat. The On the Upbeat theme music is written and performed by Millington. Make sure you follow them on Instagram at Millington the Band. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at On the Upbeat Ska. Be sure to check out our Spotify playlist, Ska Favorites. It features all the songs heard on the show. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. If you would like to support On The Upbeat financially, visit www.ko-fi.com slash On The Upbeat. Thanks for listening and supporting On The Upbeat. <laughs>